0: The Will Kane Show podcast is presented by Eno, the Capital One assistant. What's in your wallet?
1: The Ryan Rossillo Show Podcast.
2: Let's do this. It's a Friday, the Rocillo Show. We're solo today. We did an NBA pod a little bit later. You can go ahead and check that one out after you've listened to me for three hours. If you listen to me for three hours, stay straight. Thanks, one, but man. I don't know. I don't know who those guys are. Just in the just on the road all day long. Like Whenever you do a show and then somebody's like, oh, you did this segment two and a half hours ago, you go, thank you, one. But that's usually not how it works, so we appreciate it. Time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Best phones, best networks, no contracts. Here's what we're doing. Uh, we don't have Steven Jackson, unfortunately, for another hour today. We hung out in the cafeteria this morning. Not going to say we're best friends. Not saying he's going to start staying with me up here. But we're definitely going to do that again. He had a blast, and I emphasize this throughout you know, the last 24 hours here. Go check it out. The one hour with Steven Jackson yesterday. And we may replay some of that maybe in the third hour, different audience, that type of deal. I also told someone they look really nice today. I think I'm never going to do that again. Teddy Bruski on the AFC and NFC contenders, surprises or not. Uh, I have a little Baker Mayfield thing I want to do, a little Christmas party stuff. But I want to start with last night's Thursday nighter because, I don't know, was it a good game? It was close. There was stuff that, that happened. And I, I'll say... That this year's Thursday night games, at least it's not Tennessee and Jacksonville every night, okay? There are better teams playing. We've had some really good games. That Rams-Niners one was a lot of scoring. And even though there were mistakes, and many by Matt Ryan, the first pick and his third pick were terrible. The third pick was awful, considering they could have just taken the three. But they end up tying this game up. They kick a field goal. They're up twenty seventeen, And then the Saints are facing third and short at about the 23-24 yard line, and they get called for holding. So it would have been 3rd and 11 or 4th and 1. Now, at 3rd and 11, it would have backed them up to maybe a 50-yard field goal if they don't get any yards on 3rd and 11. And whereas, you know, 4th and 1, and they go ahead and kick the field goal, we're talking about a much shorter field goal. I'm at home, and I'm watching, and I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I believe they're just going to go ahead and accept the penalty, back them up, make it a tougher field goal. That's what Chris Collinsworth said. That's, again, what I said at home today. I'm going to ask Teddy Bruschi about that. And Dan Quinn, the head coach, decided to decline the penalty and have the Saints face fourth and short against Peyton, who's a very aggressive coach, even throughout the choke sign last night. I love that Freeman on the other end, for the Falcons decided, you know what, I don't care. I don't care that he started saying choke, choke, choke. I guess in reference to the Super Bowl. And Peyton was asked about it last night. He's like, I don't remember any of that stuff. Like he was in a congressional hearing. But you have Quinn decide, I, I, I'm i going to not accept it. It's fourth and one, whatever. And he even said after the fact, I thought they were going to kick the field goal. And we'd have the tie game. and that's No. They went for it. They converted it. And then it ends up being a pick. And Atlanta wins the game, so Dan Quinn's good, right? No, that's not necessarily how it works. Because even though he gets the win, I couldn't believe that that was happening. And I, like you listening right now, if you like sports this much, if you care that much about it, you want to have moments where you feel like you kind of know a little bit more or you're better. And that's really stupid that we all do this. But I mean by saying we're a little bit better, we know a little bit more. We want to be able to sit at home at times and go, Well, I would know what to do here when we would screw it up way worse, okay? I don't know if it's the emotions. I don't know if it's the calculations of this whole thing. I I don't know. Like whenever the quarterback and it's fourth and short and he turns to the sideline and says, let's go for it, let's go for it, let's go for it. And you're like, you guys do that every single time. It must be really annoying as a coaching staff to go ahead and do this. There's play calling guy. Look, my man, Will Kane, after the Cowboys lose a game, we hear about the no holds called, and we hear about Scott Linehan's play calling. We never hear about the fact that defense is absolutely getting work for a month plus. We don't ever hear about that part of it. You have a buddy in your group of friends that thinks that his basketball team's head coach stinks every time, no matter who they are. He's also the guy that thinks every time... One receiver isn't getting enough touches. He says throw it to him all the time. And if that quarterback throws to that receiver too many times, he goes, he's got to spread the ball out. Second guessing is one of our favorite things to do ever. And I'm not saying like, hey, I was right or now I'm wrong because Atlanta won. I just was very surprised by that whole thing. The Rossillo Show, Straight Talk Wireless. Time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Best phones, best networks, no contracts. we got Brewski on all this and some other stuff as well. I remember I went to a game, college basketball game. I think it was Pitt-UConn. I'm talking years and years ago. And I went with Doug Gottlieb. Gottlieb, close friend of mine at the time. Great hoops guy. One of the best hoop guys I know. You know, works at Fox now. So, we were sitting together. And, yeah, it was. I think it was Pitt-UConn. Because I never would forget a Jamie Dixon game. Because he would lose his mind. He's just a tier below Mick Cronin. And Dixon didn't call a timeout in a big spot. Like, UConn was going on a little bit of a run. It was four. It was six. Next thing you know... You know, UConn's up 10, and Jamie Dixon never called a timeout. So there was a younger talk show host with us, sitting with us. He wasn't, like, at the game with us, but he was sitting right in front of us. And he turned around to Gottlieb, and he goes, got to call a timeout here, right? And, of course, Gottlieb's like, well, yeah, yeah, you probably should have called a timeout at some point. And then that was it. The younger talk show host, that was going to be his thing. He was going to be timeout guy the rest of the game. So there's another little run. And now he feels strong because he goes, Man, the hoops guy, Gottlieb, just agreed with me about me calling out the coach here and second guessing him and me being right and the head coach being wrong, even though the head coach is a thousand times more qualified to be doing what he's doing. But I feel a little bit closer to it. I feel a little bit smarter because the smart guy, the guy that has a job, did something that I would not have done. And so Jamie Dixon doesn't call another timeout. And now the guy's like, Dude, he's he's killing he he lost the game. He's losing the game right now. He's got it he, he can't take these timeouts with you. Can't take them with you once the game. And so that talk show host the next day did a Jamie Dixon didn't call a timeout segment on the radio show. And it was like, yeah, you might have been right about that one timeout, or maybe UConn was just going to win that game, and it didn't matter. But that night, that younger dude, that younger talk show host, he was timeout guy, and he was going to sell us on it. And every time a bucket was made, he'd go, got to call a timeout here, got to call a timeout. So look, we all know what we would do today. We all know the game today if Quinn were in declining the penalty, having the fourth and one converted by the Saints, they go ahead and kick the game-tying field goal, or they get a touchdown, or it goes to overtime, the Saints win, we would be crushing Dan Quinn today. I know why I did it. I heard his explanation. I didn't agree with it in the moment. But you know what? I still know I don't know nearly as much about play calling or timeout situations as an NFL head coach, and I'm okay with that.
1: The Ryan Rosillo Show.
2: I want to play a little game here. I'm actually not going to take any calls on this because... I'm just not going to. I, I don't know. Do we want to? I guess we could. But maybe we could just have them say hi and see how their Friday's going. Uh, last night, Saints lose Thursday nighter. And guess what? A player who lost doesn't like Thursday night games. Drew Brees. It's 100% a product to plan on Thursday night. Do you understand what guys' bodies go through, you know, in a game, and then to have to turn around four days later and end up playing? Look at the injury studies. They're off the charts. They're off the charts. So is, is, this, is this smart as it pertains to guys' health and safety? No, absolutely not. So if you look back at the data that we've used in some reports, and you can suggest that the origin of this information is corrupt, um, for four straight years, if you look at injury rate per game, so that's leaving the game, uh, the injury rate on Thursday has been lower for four straight years than games on Saturdays, Sundays, and Monday games. So then you go, wait a minute. You're in bed with the NFL. You're in bed with Alabama. You guys are just repeating what they have. Okay, well, Football Outsiders did a story on it as well and concluded that the injury rates appear to be lower per 1,000 athlete exposures on short weeks versus seven-day weeks. So could it just be because of the injury report? Could you poke holes in all this stuff? If you wanted to, I'm sure you could find some way that this information is problematic. But when it's four straight years of just athlete exposure to injury, and the rate is lower every time on the Thursday night games than any of the other games? Does it mean all of these numbers are lies? I'm not telling you Thursday night product's great. I'm telling you it's a little bit better than it's been in the past. I mean, we used to make fun of the very beginning of this year because we were doing that Thursday night fantasy game where we go points for fumbles and bad coaching decisions, and you may have gotten two last night with a penalty on Peyton and declining the penalty last night by Quinn. Here's Richie Incognito. Remember when Buffalo lost to the Jets? He didn't like Thursday night games either. You know it's tough, man. These Thursday night games—they—they sh- they throw a, a wrench in our schedule. It's—it's—it's uh, it's, uh, it's absolutely ridiculous that uh, we have to do this. Um, as physical as this game is, and as as much work and preparation that that goes into this to, to force us to play games on four day weeks, it's it's completely unfair. And. Uh, bull- and, you know, whatever, the league makes money off of it, and uh, that's all they care about anyway. And you guys make forty-five, what 47% of the money on it too. But uh, So he lost his game. Let's do this. Let's go to Nate. I don't even know where Nate's from. That's how mysterious he is. Hey, Nate, how are you? Hey, Ryan. Where are you from, Nate?
0: Uh, I'm actually from San Antonio, Texas, but I grew up watching tapes of uh, Drew Brees out of Austin-Westlake.
2: All right, that was a lot of information, but I think it was all relative. Okay, so here's a question for you. Did this player win or lose on Thursday night?
0: I think the biggest thing is... Uh, no. He definitely you have to be able
2: to Wait a minute, you were going to answer before you even heard the sound? You must be amazing at this game.
0: No, I think I heard it before. You were talking about Drew Brees and his comment, right?
2: No, no, no. I was going to play a piece of sound for you.
0: Excuse oh, my bad. All yeah. right,
2: here, let's try it again. We'll start over. Here is... A hey, player, I want you to tell me whether or not he won or lost on Thursday night. I think the biggest thing is the preparation part of it. You have to be able to prepare at a very, very high level and, and process and be very efficient with your time and, and what it takes to, uh, to be ready to go. So uh, that, that's the thing that we're excited about. You know, we do it really, really well as a whole team. And, you, know, uh, you know, meeting uh, Austin and stuff in the quarterback room, we, we have a really good plan on how to, how to study and how to
0: plan. So I hope that's, that's a good thing for us.
2: That was Russell Wilson.
0: Well, Russell Wilson always gives the uh, boring answer, so uh, I'd say he lost.
2: No, he won that game. He won that game. Did you think for a second I needed to see whether or not Drew Brees won or lost last night? Like, I'm not that bad at this job.
0: No, I mean, I assume that you, uh, from hearing what you said, I mean, every time somebody loses on Thursday night, they want to blame the short schedule, and I just... I listened to a little bit of what Gullick had to say this morning and there's no proof.
2: Right. Yeah, I mean and and thanks for the call, Nate. So um we played Russell Wilson and that was after a win. Now, you never know with Russ. Uh they could lose by a hundred and he's gonna keep spirits up. Okay, we got another one here. Here's Richard Sherman, Nick. Uh what's up, Nick? Where are you from?
3: Uh calling from College Station. And let me just say you have a pretty big following down here. I know a lot of people listen to all three hours.
2: All right. That's awesome. Shout out to Jimbo. Okay. Uh, here is Richard Sherman. Did he win or lose on Thursday night?
3: Poop fest. Oh, poop fest. This is, it's terrible. This is, you know, you, you play, we played, got home. It's like 1 o'clock in the morning, something like that, on Monday, and then you got to play again. I mean, congratulations, NFL. You did it again.
2: This is your uh, part. Yep, I'm
3: going to say he lost that game because I remember that on first take last year.
2: That's actually from this year. Again, we were messing with you a little bit. The guys put together the sound today. They beat Arizona, um, and he called it a poop fest. That's the only audio we could find from anybody, and I don't know if that's necessarily true or not. Uh, of players deciding after the win to still dump on it. Here's the deal, and I don't know who said it first. I don't know if it was Belichick, Rossillo Show, it's ESPN Radio. Maybe it was Belichick. Maybe it was uh, Socrates. Who knows? But if you give people excuses, they're going to use them. Hey, people that manage people in the office, you're running a landscaping crew. Maybe you get a framing crew. You just picked up your Duncans, You're listening to Speed Speedwagon. Guys are smoking. You're trimming around the doors. You know who knows. But if you give somebody an excuse, more often than not, in life, we are going to take it. And at the very peak of this the Thursday night excuse is always an excuse for the player. I'm not telling them they're supposed to feel better. I understand that their bodies are not recovering. All I have to do is ask one of the many NFL players we have walking around here all the time, like, hey, how bad is this? But it is funny that that was like the only sound we could find from Seattle players. Sherman was, it's not like Sherman's ever going to compliment the NFL on anything anymore. So that actually wasn't that
1: surprising. The Ryan Rossillo Show. Russillo. In life, there are talkers and there are doers. Sometimes it's not hard to tell the difference. Mike Bloomberg has spent his life getting big things done. Starting his business out of a one-room office, Mike built a company with 20,000 employees, all with good pay and quality health care. Elected mayor in the aftermath of 9-11, Mike got to work helping rebuild a shaken city, creating nearly 500,000 new jobs and expanding health care for nearly 700,000 New Yorkers. geico presents left brain versus right brain after much
4: deliberation
1: i've decided we should switch to geico hey sounds good to me we could save hundreds of dollars on our car insurance which now i'm just blue sky in here we can reinvest those funds into my business idea not this again first get some investors on board
4: right nobody is going to invest in dental floss made of turkey jerky okay well not with that attitude wow
1: geico 15 minutes could save you 15 percent or more
4: Shohei Otani,
2: the Japanese Babe Ruth, 23-year-old outfielder and potential ace pitcher, front of a rotation guy, has signed with the Los Angeles Angels. Job well done by the Angels signing Otani. Job well done is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts with quality parts and know-how. Napa Auto Parts can help you keep your ride running longer, stronger. That's Napa know-how. So there you go. There was a bunch of weird stuff that I was reading about this morning. People thought the Cubs were going to get him then the Yankees mysteriously were out of this thing early on, even though they had done the international money stockpiling. And that's kind of what had happened here is that Major League Baseball, and this makes sense, they go, why are we letting players come in that are younger making all this money that are international signings before we know what's going on? And since he wasn't 25 when he came over, if he had come over when he was 25, he may have made like $100 million in a contract. So Otani is now going to make way less than that, but he wanted to come over. Uh, if you saw the 60 Minutes piece on this guy, it's it's make-believe. I, and I don't know what's real or what's not, but I can't tell you how ex- – I'm so excited about this because I want to see it. I want to see if the guy that was every high school stud who was the baseball equivalent of Otani, you know what I mean? Like you grew up with him. Maybe you were one of them. You were the shortstop, and then in the fifth game you pitched, and you were awesome. And you hit, and you pitched, and then whatever. If you're really good, you went to college – and then maybe you could still hit a little bit. And then if you were good enough to get to the minors, like it was over. It was done. Madison Bumgarner hit some home runs. Sweet. Mike Hampton could turn on one every now and then. But most every pitcher always ended up stinking. And no one would ever think of a guy like, well, how could it be that we could never have one? And then Japan has one. So that's Atani's deal. He's about 6'3", 190. He turns 23 years old. He did this past summer. And... In his peak year in 2016 with 104 games he hit 22 homers, 67 ribbies, batted 3.22. He hit 3.32 in less games in 2017. But in that 2016 season, I mean these are his ERA's in the last 3 years, 11 and 4 with a 2.6, 15 and 5 with a two 10 and 4 with a 1.86. And innings pitch hits numbers are insane. The last year was 140 innings pitched, 89 hits. The strikeout numbers 174 strikeouts and 140 innings. If you saw the 60 minutes piece, you go, I want this, I want it all the work. He basically lived lived in like this dorm over there, pitching for the Nippon Ham Fighters. It's Nippon Ham. Not Ham Fighters. Um, And you know, like he just, he seemed to be this dude and everybody knows what a rock star he is over there, but it was different in the sense that he just was like, look, I just go to the ballpark, and then they would show him warming up, and he'd be throwing a baseball up against the wall. Athletically, he's off the charts here, too. So I'm just curious to see it all because it's new. Not curious in the Dice Game Matizaka way, which I was super curious. Not in the U Darvish way. Uh, the Ichiro way, which I'll admit in the beginning, you go, eh, whatever, we'll see how this goes. And you're like, okay, he's one of the greatest hitters the game of baseball has ever seen, but did Seattle just get him because they have Nintendo money? And then you know, like that's the way you used to think about it. Be like, oh yeah, you know, so yeah, Japanese guy, yeah, figures He'd go with the Nintendo money. Um, but Otani goes with the Angels. The other weird thing about this story, and again, Shohei Otani, Japanese baseball player signing with the Angels, that just came down. Joel Sherman, I believe, was the first to have that. Um, that he gave out a quiz to ask teams how he was going to be used. And Buster only had a piece on dot com this morning that said that baseball was very interested in investigating how this all went down. Because this isn't like the blind bids in the past, where you just go to Daisuke Matsuzaka's team and go, here's 51000000 million, we've won the bid, which is insane now, you think back on it. Like, we pay you $51 million. now we have the right to give him a $50 million contract, and the player saw, like, less than half of it. So it was basically like soccer, almost, right, Ceruti, so really where the money is going to the baseball team that has the player's rights, and then Daisuke comes over, and you go... This isn't as good as I thought it was going to be. Udar um, has been pretty good, right? Ichiro was great. But Otani, this isn't just the foreign baseball player that we haven't really seen. You're like, are you seriously telling me this guy's going to be like the, the number two starter for the Angels and be batting second the other days? Like, are we going to screw this up? It's kind of my whole thing with sports. It's show. It's ESPN Radio where you go, maybe everybody's just smarter doing this stuff now. Maybe you should have been passing more on first down. Maybe you should have been spreading out defenses. Maybe you should have had smaller linebackers that are hybrid safeties that can run around and cover more people. Maybe we should have been taking more threes. Maybe we should have been non-position specific in basketball and just let the best players close games and instead of going small, call it going better. Maybe we should have the best athletes that are growing up that are great hitters and great pitchers to see how far they can go with this thing. Like, how could we have not had one? And Japan does it before us. No, I'm sorry. I'm not going to turn this into a rant. Um, So that was part of this whole deal where Otani was reaching out, and his reps were like, how would you use him? So it wasn't really about money. It was going to be about market and how comfortable Otani and his reps were with how the American team would use him. And then as Buster pointed out again this morning, is there can be no, hey, sign this small, little, new international rule deal with us now And we'll give you all the international money that we can. It's it's not a lot of money, man. We're talking about like, I don't know what the Angels final number is, but it's, it's every team was like less than five million bucks at most. And some teams are trying to like, there was the Cubs being rumored to be able to offer him like 300 grand in this whole thing. And some people thought the Cubs were still going to get him, but that baseball Manfred that they're very sensitive to this and they want to investigate and make sure whoever ended up with him. So it's not specific to the Angels, but whoever got him, they're going to go, we better not find out about some wink wink deal. Hey, when you're up and we can pay you more, here are what the terms are already going to be no matter what. So if Atani stinks and then he ends up with a massive contract, like 15 million a year, you'll know something was up. But again, I remember talking to people thinking that Prokhorov was going to give NBA players land and, and mines in Russia in some province and no one would be able to figure it out. And I don't think that's happened because uh, unless Okafor is really pumped about some zinc. So the final numbers here accordingly. Uh, all right. So the angels weren't even at the top. So the Mariners, this is the signing bonus, I believe on the international pool money. So everybody, all these baseball teams were trading all these pieces around trying to figure out a way to trade for the other teams available international pool signing money. I know this sounds, it's almost like trading for somebody else's cap space. Okay. And the Mariners had the most. So I'll admit, I thought Nintendo money again, perhaps they had three and a half million, just like a couple grand over where the Rangers were. The Angels had 2.3 million. The Cubs, Dodgers, Padres, the Giants all had 300,000. So that's the bonus money. And his overall salary isn't very much in the beginning of this whole thing. Uh, this is Otani's. Agent saying, quote, I want to thank the clubs and everyone else for respecting our intent to make this very important process as private as possible. We resolved to having a fair, methodical process. Teams clearly put in a lot of work. We're grateful that the past few weeks also further demonstrated Shohei's incredible thoughtfulness, attention to detail, and determination to make an informed decision. He read every page of every presentation and listened to every word in each meeting, and he was so impressed that it was not an easy choice. While there's been much speculation about what would drive Shohei's decision – what mattered to him most wasn't market size, time zone, or league, but that he felt a true bond with the Angels. He sees this as the best environment to develop and reach the next level and attain his career goals. More than ever, I believe this is not only a special talent, but a man of special character. And like everyone else, I'm excited to see him in Major League Baseball.
1: The Ryan Rossillo Show. Life advice brought to you by
2: Upside.com, giving all business travelers the gift of a better travel experience this holiday season, Upside.com. I would just walk in and go, what's the plan, bro? Why are you sleeping until one? We need to start stripping it back down to the base. It's your life and our advice. Let me fix your life, not just your back porch. Solo today. So the only thing you have today is not a Super Bowl winning linebacker or lawyer, Will Kane, a movie aficionado, just me. We'll go to Mike. Wow. Mike in Chicago. Hello, Mike.
3: Yo, yo, what's up? I, I didn't know you are talking. Uh, hey, what's up, man?
2: How are um, you? It's been a while.
3: Yeah, dude, I got a new job, so, but I'm off today. So I figured I'll watch some college volleyball and call the show.
2: Yeah, that's right. College volleyball running a little late, but we're back on. So what's the yeah, next Do you have anything to ask or are you just call? I don't yeah, mind. Hey,
3: no, I got a I got a scenario um, that I'm in.
2: Okay. Break so, it down.
3: So I've been dating this girl for like three months. Like she's good looking, like she's cool. She's chill. And uh, then I introduce them to my, my introduced them to my best friend. All of a sudden, like my best friend starts dating my girlfriend's best friend. And it's just like, I see like nothing positive happening out of this. So I need advice how to like indirectly slow things down.
2: You could accuse, here's what you could do, Mike, and it's great that you're checking in. Can I just ask, actually, I could do the whole thing with Mike, and I don't like the follow-up questions normally as much as this, but what are you doing now that's new? Because weren't you an accountant before?
3: Yeah, well, I do, no, I, well, I stopped doing that, then I became a manager at a store, and now I'm working in an office for, like, a meat distributor.
2: Okay, meat distributor. Uh, All right, (laughs) distribution. Okay, so here's the deal. You could do one of two things. You could sabotage your best friend and make up stuff about him so he gets dumped, problem solved. Or you could enjoy it. I, I've once, only once in my life, uh, a serious girlfriend that her best friend was dating my best friend. And it was actually awesome. We'd go to Montreal together, and then me and my buddy could do whatever we wanted because they would shop. Um, if, if, we didn't, if there were stuff they wanted to do that we didn't want to do, we would just go hang out and go do stuff. So I think you need to embrace the positives as you get a little bit older in life and try to make it work. But you sound kind of young, so you'll probably sabotage it. All right, let's go to uh, Josh in Cincinnati.
0: Brian, thank you for taking my call. What of course. the show, man.
2: Of course, Josh.
0: All right, here's my question. Yeah. got a pretty good job that I've been at for the last couple of years. Um, one of those very high-stress, high-reward environments. work days a week trying to find that work-life balance. The question is, do I take, I, 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 I basically interviewed him and then offered a different position with a different company, slight pay cut, a um, little bit more work-life balance, but it could lead to even better things that I'm doing now. Do I take the risk and jump ship or do I stay with what I'm doing?
2: Uh, you got a family, you got people that depend on you?
0: Uh, actually, we're getting ready to have a kid, our first child in May, me and my wife.
2: Can you be happy with the other thing, or are going to be miserable doing the slightly higher-paying job? I mean, I look at it this way. There's a price that you can put on me not having as much work-life balance. And you have to understand what that price is. And you have to play this game where you go, will I feel the same way or worse in two years, or will I feel okay? Like, it sounds like you're not – you wouldn't totally be against keeping the better – deal right now financially, but if it's not that big of a gap and the other thing's your dream and there's even a chance for further growth and more money. Like I always want everybody to follow their dreams, but usually I want them to do it when they don't have a kid.
0: Yeah. I guess the only other X factor in it is, you know, you know, my wife doesn't mind that I will now, but when you had a kid into the mix, that's what I'm worried about. Yeah. Is it going to become a different dynamic, you know, she says, hey, you need to be home more, you know, that
2: kind of thing. Oh, all right. Well, yeah, then you can tell her, okay, here's the balance. You just don't get worried about the checking balance every two weeks. Let's go to Marty in New York.
3: Hey, how you doing? Super. So I called two weeks ago, yeah, you and I did. was dating my girl for five months, if you guys remember. So yeah. I moved her in. Good. I come home two days ago, and my so-called best friend who set us up is sleeping with my girlfriend. So my question is I kicked it to the Trevor. My best friend's trying to make it up to me and stuff. So I know it's has been guys. So I give him another chance with the thumb F off.
2: Whoa, uh, a lot, Marty. And Marty called us not that long ago. We said definitely let her move in. Um and it appears we gave you bad advice. Uh unless I mean there is a, there's a there's a positive here is you could have a third roommate, let them both live there, split the utilities. Now we're talking. Water bill is a third instead of half, um, but it sounds like you probably should just meet some new people and get a new friend altogether. Yeah, don't don't be friends with him again because he'll do it to you again. And I, I don't know what to tell you. He must be a really good looking guy if she she went for it. Chase in Philly. God, that was a terrible call. Sorry, Marty. I feel bad for. Hey, you.
0: Ryan. Uh, long time, first time. Tori. Um, All right, LT. Here's a, Here's the uh, the dilemma. Uh, I got a buddy of mine right now. We are driving en route to a wedding in Rochester. I'm a grad student in Philly. I just found out I got two tickets to the Army Navy game tomorrow. Back in Philly, what do we do? Do we turn this thing back around and go to the game?
2: Uh, are you going to see friends at at the the bachelor party?
0: No, uh, it's it's a wedding. Uh, I mean, it's yeah, you know, we'll see friends. It's the uh, guys getting married. We played college ball with. Uh, he played in the Astros this year, so there's that element of it. Uh, he played but, for the
2: Astros this year. Is he going to keep playing for the Astros? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the goal. So, yeah, I mean, stay, stay friends stuff. with him. Stay friends with him because that could have bigger dividends than Army, Navy tickets. I mean, I understand the tradition and you feel a little more American walking around Army, Navy, but, you know, Navy six and five. So, uh, this is in the national championship and I think, I think you need to go to the wedding. I would actually pass up tickets to go hang out with my buddies to, and I would pack, pass up any sporting event now just to actually have friends for a weekend. Roy in South Dakota, we'll do one more.
0: Another job question for you, Ryan. I've got a stable job, steady income. I've got three mouths to feed. What's the job? Flexibility. I work in a medical office.
2: Okay, medical office. It's
0: not fantastic. The life trajectory isn't going anywhere. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of set here. Or I got an offer to go into what you love, real estate. Do I drop it all and start slinging houses? I can't sell sight to a blind guy. What do I do?
2: All right. What's the property tax situation? Cause right now, when I monitor all real estate transactions, it is based solely on is the state screwing over its residents with a property tax hike to make up for some other mistakes. Whereas I look at these other states that are going, you know, fine. We don't care. Bring your money here. We want the population bump. We're not worried about the tax. So if you can get an area, if you're in an area where property tax is, is a positive for the buyer, then you can do this right now. Cause I think you're going to start seeing a lot of people deciding. I've had it. I've had it with these states that are killing people. So if you're in a position, I don't know if the South Dakota numbers off the top of my head, but if you're in an area where people are going to start moving, although I don't know if South Dakota is going to be that spot.
0: Uh, it's you got It's cold.
2: Yeah. I know. We've talked about this before. I think you could, can't you kind of do a little of both? I know that's, that's my a lot
0: thought of process right now.
2: Yeah. I think you could do a little bit of both, do a little bit on the side. My mom did a little of that stuff on the side and, uh, you know, you can, you can see me like, hey, I, I like this, I've got good leads, or this is a terrible idea.
1: The Ryan Rossillo Show. do
2: Now that Human Resources VP Ashley Campbell has chronos
1: for HR, payroll, talent, and time, she's managing her workforce like a rock star. She even has her own hype song.
3: I'm the spark before the fire. Have a really diverse workforce with different hours, skill
1: sets, and pay grades. Now we're motivating and engaging the right people, every step of the way. Kronos. HR solutions for the modern workforce and the people who support them. Learn more at com slash HR Swagger.
2: Breaking news on today, and it's from the world of baseball. I do think that this story happened 10 years ago. It would be nonstop coverage of it. And it should be more uh, of a priority for all of our shows here because Shohei Itani, 23-year-old, outfielder, and potential top-of-rotation starter, Japanese baseball player, as they call him, Japanese Babe Ruth. We knew there was a lot of teams in on this, and he ends up just an hour or so ago signing with the Los Angeles Angels. And somebody knows this story very well from a lot of different angles joins us now in the Shell Penzo performance on one of the best baseball guys going. It is Buster Only. What's up, Buster?
4: What's up, Ryan? What a fun, kind of a fun day.
2: (laughs) I know. I love this story. I can't wait. I mean, the first time I had read about or heard about him, saw the piece on him, I go, okay, you know, what's real here? So let's, let's try to get a little timeline thing here going. There were all these teams that felt like that were, oh, hey, it's going to be the Cubs. It's going to be this team. What happened? How did it end up with him with the Angels?
4: Oh, boy. Uh, And I'll tell you flat out that uh, teams from the beginning of this process, uh, when they began scouting Atani, when they were going over, traveling, we heard about teams going over to watch him in Japan this summer, uh, as they prepared for the bidding process, as they met with him this week, they were trying to figure out what he was looking for. And to this moment, even after he picks the Angels, I don't think anybody really has a big feel. He's been a giant mystery all along. Uh, Nesbolelo, his agent, uh, put out a statement saying that you know he felt a very a lot of warmth from the angels and, and he was excited about joining that team um, I, I, you know who knows what the tipping point was because the financial uh, landscape was essentially equal because of the international signing rules. One of my questions is. Uh, you know, was Mike Trout in some form or fashion involved in the recruiting of Atani? Because that's the one seeming advantage that the Angels had over every other team. They could trot out the world's best player. And Trout is such a warm individual, uh, and I'm sure that uh, if he was in the room, he probably put on a, you know, a really uh, a great show for Atani and, and made, him very, made it very clear to him that he couldn't wait to have him over and, and to uh, help to try to beat the Astros.
2: So in this answer, then, tell me why it wasn't some of the other teams, and is this about meeting his demands and his quiz and like how he's going to be used? I assume if he had this many teams after him, then they will use him the exact way he expects to be used, whatever that is, right?
4: Yeah, and I think every team, because uh, he was sort of uh, akin to the, the college basketball recruit who was saying, I want to start and I want to be the point guard, and every coach is going to tell that kid, okay, well, come on in and then we'll see. I think that's how all 30 teams in baseball, you know, we're looking at Atani. Okay, you know, come on in and uh, we'll see if we can make this work. I'm sure the Angels will give it a try. Uh, you know, They do have the advantage being in the American League of giving him some access to the DH a couple days a week. I know a lot of baseball people think that uh, as he goes through a 162-game schedule that eventually uh, he'll become more of a pitcher than a, 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 any kind of a position player or, or serve as a designated hitter. But you knew the Angels uh, going into it, like every other team, they were going to give him an opportunity to do that.
2: Okay, so, man, that still sounds a lot like we're going to Americanize this guy and go, yeah, we'll let you hit a little bit here or there. Um, it also makes way more sense for an American League team. Um,
4: well, the practical stand I mean, from purely, and I, I did a piece on this a few weeks ago and talked to uh, different uh, guys who had been in that role where they tried to be dual pitchers and hitters. It's extremely difficult to try to do both, just because of the demands of each of the positions. Uh, I think the Angels probably, because of how their pitching staff is structured, they're very well equipped to go to a six-man rotation, uh, and that would facilitate Tani. And because of you know the rest you need the day before a start, the rest you might want at the day after a start, it might be that you know if he starts on a Monday, could have Tuesday off could serve as a DH on a Wednesday and a Thursday, uh, maybe a Friday, off on Saturday, back out on the mound on Sunday. Um, we saw you know, in Japan, you know, along with pitching once a week, he got about 350 plate appearances. So it's not like he's serving as a, a hitter, DH, um, every moment that he's not pitching.
2: Shohei Itani, signs with the Angels. Buster only with that story here at Brasillo Show, ESPN Radio. Can you tell me... Uh, a bit more about the money and how the structure changed for players under 25 and how everybody seemed to be stockpiling this international bonus money.
4: Yeah, and I I basically think that the money aspect of it uh, was completely irrelevant uh, because, you know, the kid, if he had waited two years, and I had so many agents tell me that if they were representing him, they would have told him, look, you would be smart to wait two years to make this jump because if he had waited till after 2019 – he would have been in line to make two hundred plus million dollars. That's what I was hearing from teams about what his value would be in the open market as a free agent. But the kid at age twenty three uh, decided that he wanted to come here now, even though he now goes into a situation where he has a minimal bonus. Uh, you know, the Angels what two point three million dollars, and then first couple of years he basically is going to be making minimum wage. Uh, so well, five hundred grand. Like, basically yeah minimum minimum salary that's that's what he's in line to make as he starts his career so rather than wait two years and go for that big dollar he wants to play against the highest level of competition and that decision while it was certainly perplexing to a lot of agents i i think it uh, really reinforced the idea that this was a kid that you want to invest in
2: have you heard from anyone that said you know what i don't think he's going to be that good
4: no no everybody uh he uh, you know, as a pitcher, he's a high-end guy, throws 101 miles an hour, and you can find his the clips on YouTube of how great his breaking stuff is. His command is, you know, still a work in progress. He's a hitter. He's got power. He's six foot three. hits the ball left center field. He's thought to be a better pitcher than he is a hitter. And he's been clocked running to first base as fast as Mike Trout. So he's the total package uh, in terms of being an athlete. I mean, let's say for argument's sake that uh, the pitching thing didn't work out. He certainly would have the tools – uh, to try to be uh, to transition into to, into a full-time hitter, which is why so many general managers are telling me that his value would have been off the charts if he had just waited.
2: But no gyro ball, right?
4: <laughs> right. I have not heard about a gyro ball, right? <laughs>
2: okay, just double-check <laughs> I want to ask you about Stanton and the Yankees and what's going on there. But one last question, because you had the story this morning on .com, and I was reading it. The Angels, yay, we won. But what do the Angels have to worry about as far as baseball's concerns with any team that got Otani?
4: Well, I think you know. there's been so much focus on this, uh, so much scrutiny that already you're hearing from executives that they think that in the end, uh, because of all the attention on him, that there probably is going to be some kind of review slash investigation from Major League Baseball. Uh, and, and Major League Baseball has been warning teams, uh, unlike any other time with involving any other player, Uh, about breaking rules in this case, and we saw last month when they busted the Braves and and they uh, gave a lifetime ban to their general manager for their actions. Uh, They put everybody on notice, and so I suspect that just to, to satisfy other teams who maybe weren't happy with the process, that could happen.
2: Okay, Stanton, Yankees, how has this story changed in the last 24 hours?
4: Well, I think all along. I mean, let's face it. Uh, as people were talking about, uh, you know, the potential deals with the Marlins and you know the Cardinals, the Marlins and the Giants, it, that really didn't uh, pass through the most important portal, and that is what does Giancarlo Stanton want. Uh, it's been a surprise that there hasn't been more communication between Stanton and the Marlins about what he wants because he completely controls this process, and so if. He's only willing to accept a deal to a small handful of teams, the Dodgers, the Yankees. Then at some point, the Marlins, who are just desperate to shed salary, uh, are going to have to deal with one of those teams. And much in the same way we saw when Alex Rodriguez uh, became available in the offseason 2003-2004, the Red Sox had a shot at him, they didn't get him, and the Yankees wound up getting him in a sweetheart deal. And that could be what happens here. If he's willing to go to the Yankees, there's certainly some structural things that could work out between the Marlins uh, and the Yankees because at some point, the Marlins are so debt-ridden, the pressure is on them uh, if they want to shed $295 million in salary to make a deal with a team that Sam's willing to go to.
2: Thank you, Buster. This is awesome, man. Enjoy the weekend.
4: Thanks, Ryan. Take All care, right. man. The Ryan Rosillo
1: Show. Russillo.
2: Everybody saw the reports. Didn't do a lot of NBA today. We just had Horse, and I did my Derrick Rose thing. Um, But Kawhi Leonard going to be coming back, it looks like, this weekend for the Spurs, which just is, once again, credit to the Spurs, all hail the Spurs, Gregorian chants, whatever you want to do, man. Just watching them the other night, they had nobody out there, because LaMarcus didn't play, and they hung with Oklahoma City, as Oklahoma City continues to struggle, although they didn't have Paul George last night in their loss to the Nets. Russillo Show, it's ESPN Radio, ESPN News, hope everybody has a great weekend, get all that Christmas shopping done. I haven't started. What's up? Not a huge surprise. I don't think anybody's surprised about that. Um, What did I do the other day that was pretty. Oh, I cleaned up my fridge. We had salad dressings. I found a salad dressing from 2015 and eggs from March. Winner. Before we do our weekend picks, speaking of winners, previously he was with Teddy Bruski and we started talking about Phillip Rivers and he told a great story about how Rivers was going at his team, the Pats, and one of his teammates just. Mike dropped him.
1: Previously on The Ryan Rossillo Show.
2: Does he talk a ton
1: of garbage the entire Did you hate him? I didn't hate him. Did you like him? I didn't like him either. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> Philip does talk a lot of trash. He's very... Do you remember anything he said to you? He's an intense competitor. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Come on, give us one. No, okay, on. I, I just remember him barking back and forth with us in the huddle. And um, I couldn't believe this quarterback is motivating our defense to try and, you know, knock his head off or something like that. But Mike Vrabel had one of the uh, best comebacks I've ever heard in the history of comebacks. When um, Philip Rivers was talking trash to us and he and he Vrabel just went almost to their huddle and he says, listen, you'll never be Drew Brees. We know it and they know it. And he pointed right to his huddle. Wow! <laughs> and, well, everybody thought, "Oh!" and we sort of looked at him and just sort of smiled and nodded our heads, and that, that was that.
2: That's a pretty good comeback. It's pretty good, pretty good. But Rivers been great, and I think for all the Rivers jokes, because I made them all the time too. Like, hey, it's a close Chargers game. Here we go, Philip Rivers running around like a crazy man. Everybody's trying to kill him. He's the least sack quarterback of anyone in the league right now. So that offensive line that we beat up on. Deserves a lot of credit, and they have two of the best edge guys going. And this Chargers team is the best team in their division, even if the standings don't necessarily tell us that. Before the picks, let's get you the weekend preview. The Rossillo Show. Call to action. Brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit us at geico.com or call 1 800
4: 947
1: Auto. Do you have any music? The Ryan Rossillo Show's 29-yard pick six. Pick six. What's the music?
2: Oh, come on. Let's give us something. We got four minutes here. The weekend. Bubba's got a huge date tonight. Not her size, just the anticipation. Um, That came out wrong. Why don't you play some nineties? Play some nineties. How about some more Bush? Huh? Do you know the deal of the lead singer Bush Surti? This guy would be if you knew him if you were if you were older, you would this would be your hero. Why is that? Do you know his deal? Like I think I, he played professional soccer for a little bit.
0: Whoa. And he it was a lead either.
2: singer of a Brit band. Wait, they're British? Bush, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. They were good when I was in college, so I don't expect you to know anything. So I'm not holding any of this against you, because my first instinct was like, you don't even know this stuff? Like, check him out, lead singer. No, s- I, I listen to their songs. I just, I didn't know either of those facts. This is like, who's that Kevin dude who I think is amazing, amazing, the amazing soccer player, Kevin de De Bruyne. De Bruyne? Yeah. Yeah, right this head. would be like if De Bruyne was the lead singer Radiohead, also. That might be an exaggeration. Do we have any 90s music? There we go. Six under five hundred. All I have to do is go six and L.
1: Raiders at Chiefs. Oakland plus four.
2: It's not happening this weekend for Oakland. It's never happening. Go ahead and take them plus the four. Even though Kansas City's due, but I hate their defense now. And Alex Smith no longer the league MVP. Vikings at Panthers. Okay, Minnesota favored here on the road, minus two and a half. I'm going to go ahead and take the Panthers for no reason other than the number. Eagles at Rams. Eagles, did they peak too early? Is the blueprint out for Carson Wentz? Did they read their own clippings? I have sources that tell me they have not peaked and that they did not get hot at the wrong time. So give me Philadelphia plus two at the Rams. Seahawks at Jaguars. Uh, Seattle, a lot of people are going to be loving this with the points. Jacksonville, blah, they're a little overrated because you watch Seattle take care of the Eagles. but rather only one loss prior to that primetime game. Don't fall for that. Take Jacksonville at home minus the two and a half. Ravens at Steelers. Throw the records out when these two play. Forget it. Forget it, man. This is just old school, three yards of cloud of dust. Smash Mouth football. It's actually not. I don't think either of these teams can run the football. All that well. Well, Levian obviously can, but I think of Pittsburgh still more as a spread team. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take Baltimore plus the four and a half because I think Pittsburgh plays down to every opponent, even though Baltimore today is a playoff team, which blows my mind. I'm going to double-check something here to make sure. This is almost like I'm doing the podcast live because uh, I don't want you going into the weekend with bad information. I wanted to double check Baltimore's rushing offense, and it's middle of the pack. So it's a little bit better now than I thought it was. All right, uh, that's it, man. That's pretty much it. I don't know uh, what are you doing this weekend, Bubba? Uh, you know, just hanging out. I got a uh, my oh. friends and I are contemplating a uh, a Europe trip next year, so we're meeting today, early planning stages. <laughs> so we're doing some planning tonight. <laughs> so, yeah. Wait a minute, you're you're having a plan? So you're just you have a title for drinking on Friday. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 10 seconds. Okay. All right. Um, everybody enjoy the holiday parties. You deserve them, sort of. That'll do it for us. The Show. It's ESPN Radio.
1: Thank you for listening to the Ryan Rossillo Show podcast. You can check out the show live weekdays at 1 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on ESPN News. The Ryan Rasillo Show Podcast.